1: Up, up On It on, on, presents Conversations with a Legend Around here we hustle for a living Around here around here we grind for a living Around
3: here Around here we hustle for a living Around here Around here we, for around here, around here, we grind for a living Alright and we're back I got my man TJ Ward here it's LeVar Arrington and welcome to another you know what it is an exciting edition of up on game presents. That's my mama. It's the going down version of it from coming to America. No, joking, guys. This is up on game conversations with a legend, and I got my man T.J. Ward here, man. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate How you having feeling? me. And feeling How you great, feeling, man. How's life? I'm feeling great. Great seeing you again, man. Always Indeed. good to be in your presence. Indeed, same, same. So, so let's 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 jump to it. uh from from San Francisco, played at the legendary, the legendary school where everybody talks about De La Salle, had this amazing career as a strong safety, two-time all pro, Super Bowl champ, just a ton of accomplishments. But this show is not about talking about so much. The on-field, it's about everything that has has led up to how the on-field became the on-field, as to how the person um, developed and what that looks like now in your life and and what you do these days. So, obviously, your upbringing. Let's let's start there. How did how did football come about for you you know I, I had an opportunity to have some some contact with your pops at a certain point and seems like it's just a humble humble family humble setup and but hard knows at the same time what just give me a little bit about what what your background is give everybody the background
4: um that's honestly a great description i've <laughs> never heard that hungry hard and humble um it's definitely a pass through my pops. Um he, he gets it from his brothers and his mom. But, you know, just instilling that work ethic, you know, but at the same time with success, you know, being able to handle it humbly, like you said, being able to, you know, check yourself and know that there's a lot of work to be done and you can get better. But at the same time, um, giving back to those come up, come behind you and being, you know, humble about it and, and not arrogant. So I think those work hand-in-hand hand because if you are able to have that work ethic, then there's a certain level of humbleness that comes with it.
3: When looking at – I'm sure a lot of people saw the movie When when the Game – was it When the Game Stands Tall? Yeah, When the Game tall.
4: Stands Tall, yeah, the book, and then they made a movie.
3: The I mean, how how – you know, what – where did you fall into all of that? Like, I didn't even know Frisco – was like that you know i'm from the east coast mm-hmm. so maybe it's the ignorance i mean you gotta think that everywhere has everywhere like some places like that but where did you where did you fit into all of that did you fit into that that scenario where it could have gone either way or did you come from you know the burbs was you urban what like what was your setup leading up to you getting to daylight la salle
4: um, I got a taste of both. You know, I was, you know, born and raised in Bayview, Hunters Point, you know, in the heart of, you know, the Bayview District in San Francisco, the shipyards and um, a lot of, you know, the, a lot of activity that happens in most of our urban communities. Um, and then my dad was able to get us to the suburbs when I was about nine or ten. And you know, I got to see that side. Of uh, society and learn to live on on that side. So I've actually had a mix of, of both worlds and I think that's helped me tremendously just being able to relate to all kinds of people and, you know, being empathetic to both sides of the fence. Like, you know, I know everything that comes with this side. I know everything that comes with that side and, you know, even though I may have not lived completely on both sides, but, you know, I've got, you know, a lot of experience on both sides of the fence and I think that helps me to relate with a lot of people.
3: Yeah, I could dig it. I, I I would probably say that's a lot of how I would explain, you know, how how I came up. Um, your game is is much like how my game was. It It was no nonsense. You tried to take dudes heads off. Where did where did that mentality come from?
4: It first came with my pops again. You know, he was that type of player growing up. At least that's what I hear from like all his peers. And, you know, he was a hard hitter, hard nose, no nonsense, knock you out type player. And, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing that from such a young age from people that grew up with him is like, okay, then that's obviously what I'm supposed to be. Right. (laughs) So I took that. Um, it didn't come right away, you know. My first two years of football, I was out there getting hit. I wasn't mm-hmm. hitting, doing much hitting, but you know, it came fast. And once I, you know, developed it, I just, I tried to harness it. Like watching players like you and, um, you know, Mike Doss and mm-hmm. Steve Atwater, like any mm-hmm. player that played with that type of mentality, I was watching them, and you know, it just helped me develop and, and transition into, you know, that aggressive, like, try to really try to hurt somebody type yeah, player. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I Play think for keeps. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's either you or me type mentality. And that just helped me be successful. Like, I wasn't taking nothing from nobody. Like, nobody. And, you know, you, you could tell, you know, I, I could tell I, I carried that, you know, kind of reputation around the league when I came mm-hmm. into the games. You know how it is. It's yes. like you step on that field, it's like, all right, It's him, him, and him. him. Right. You better tell your teammates about me, too. (laughs)
3: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that's how it's supposed to be. If you're doing it the right way, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. So how does that – because here's the thing. When you play the style and the brand of football that we play, played, it's sometimes difficult to separate the person from the player. And so a lot of times we're judged based off of what they see on the football field. And and sometimes you don't get a fair opportunity to be exactly who you are. Like I'm, I'm pretty low key. I'm laid back. Uh, You know, there's always, there's the saying, And I love this saying, I think it was Bruce Lee that said, I'd rather be a warrior that gardens than a gardener. That's trying to be a warrior. You know what I mean? Like, like, I can I can mess around and 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 mess you know put some water on the on on the grass and on the lawn mow the lawn but make no mistake about it if it's wartime I'm going to work what how how do you navigate having such a reputation of being a physical you know brand style of football player to the person because in a lot of ways you're very you're very soft spoken. And and just a super. Every time I've been around, you've just been just a super respectful dude, and I don't get an ounce of arrogance from you. how How does that play out for you and in your interactions? Do people anticipate or expect you to be this different person than what you end up being?
4: They absolutely do. <laughs> they absolutely do. They think that we are the same person that you know we display through our actions on the field, which is, I I guess, for them, it makes sense. But, you know, your actions, I guess, in a profession is completely different than what you do when, you know, you are being completely you. You know, Um, all my life I've been regarded, you know, a real low key person, real quiet, um, shy. I guess you would want to say growing up, I guess people for sure say I was a shy person. So. I guess it's an outlet. So when I get on that field, I don't have to be shy. I don't have to, I, I don't have to be arrogant. I don't have to, you know everything that people kind of expect for you at, from your personality by why you, from how you play is like the exact opposite of who you are, but it's a, it's an outlet. It's like, I don't have to be arrogant in person. I could be arrogant on the field. I don't have to be aggressive in person. I'm aggressive on the field. Like, I don't have to do this in person. That's not who I am. But on the field, that's exactly Exactly who I am. am.
3: (laughs) That's exactly who I am. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. How do you how do you apply that in in your regular in your regular life? Like does that play a part in any way in how you approach different things, whether it be business, whether it be, you know, friendships whatever, relationships? How does that, how does the outlet, how has the outlet played a part, the outlet of football played a part in how you do things off the field?
4: It was a lot, I wouldn't say easier, but now I'm I'm managing it because I don't have the outlet of football. So it's, it, it, I'm definitely managing it and learning how to control certain aspects of, you know, especially reactions. You know, it's, it's you got to sit back first, you know, and think about, not even if it's a, gr- a good reaction, it doesn't have to be a negative reaction. Before you react anyway, happy, positive, sad, you know, just take a step back and, and try to evaluate. It's hard a lot of times, but I found that that helps me a lot because, just that thirty seconds, my reaction is completely different than my immediate, you know, you reaction would have been. Any stories? Uh, well, a lot. Of my, mainly is my son, man, learning to be patient with him. Um, that that is the the motivation for me, really, to do it. Like, people is great, is cool, but you know, the motivation for me is my son, just being more temperamental and just being a better dad and father for him to make sure you know he doesn't grow up with the anger or the t- or the temper that the slight temper that I had so mm-hmm. you know that's that's my motivation for sure that's a motivation
3: talk to me about post post life post football life how how have you managed like what what has been you talked about golf earlier before we we got going into the interview and how you enjoy that. I hate golf because um, first off, I'm no good at it. Um, second of all, I'm more I'm more right right to the point. Like I want to go straight to it. Like I it's if I can hit the ball the way I hit people, I probably like golf. But I don't hit the ball the way that I hit people, so it bothers me. So I'll drive you around. I'll jump in the cart. I drive around with you. I have a beer with you or something like that, or soda. But I don't. I don't like it. You seem to like it. What is there? Is there? Are you in the business? Like, is it just golf? You. You know. You had a great career. Uh, you know. You seem to to be one of the bright dudes. You probably managed your money well. What? What is T J Ward? do now like what how do you move now what's what's life like
4: yeah um golf in it is my outlet now you know and i picked it up first when i was playing just um through my nonprofit it was a great way to tell us tell you know, us about bring the nonprofit people, oh the nonprofit uh it used to be called the TJ War Foundation back when i was playing but now it's called the War Boy Project um and it it's centered in the bay area in California, me and my family ran, you know, nonprofit. My brother, Teron Ward, played for um, the Falcons. Played yeah, played running back. So between me and him, my dad, um, and a couple of our teammates, you know, we, we're helping the Bay Area youth have different programs, camps. Um, COVID knocked us down for about two years just with, you know, public events and stuff, but we're going back and getting things running this summer. So look out for everything we have with the Ward Boy Project coming up. Okay.
3: Um, is there an org? Is there a dot org they could go to? Uh, it's the
4: warboyproject.com. Okay.
3: Okay. Make sure y'all check out <laughs> yeah. ward Boy, War, the, the ward boy, yeah. boys. The
4: ward boy. Ward boy project. Yeah. The ward, no boy S, S, project. ward boy project. The ward And that's on boy. Instagram too. All right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. No, no, and, um, Yeah. That and, and my agency, really what I was building during COVID, I was sitting down trying to figure out you know, where I wanted to go with this post-career, post-career life. And uh, no doubt I wanted to be around the game. Like there was no way I was doing anything that (laughs) wasn't around football, whether it's talking about football, coaching football, man, something, you know, I just love the sport too much to, you know, disconnect from it. Um, So the next thing I was like, you know, I I, I really want to make the experience, make, you know, Make it easier for these players coming up. Make it more relatable to how we really, you know, feel in this business. How we go about our daily lives. And there's no one that has done everything that that you've done as a player that can help you and really understand what you're going through, not only from a player standpoint, but a business standpoint, and a personal standpoint. than somebody that has walked every step you walked. And um, that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm doing this. So I started Player Above Sports Group. Um, This is our first year. We have seven eligible draft players this year. Um, So, you know, it kind of – it's been rolling fast. We honestly didn't expect to have this big of a class because we were really working towards next year to get our foundation right and running. But um, it hit simultaneously, and, um, you know, I think we're doing a great job right now.
3: All right. Talk to me about a little bit more about it, The, the whole NIL situation has come about name image likeness how do you feel about that and how does that play you just mentioned nobody understands it the way that we do so how does that play a role in your approach to dealing with these guys because i ultimately say anyone who goes into the business of where they become you know representation of these young men that have done what we've done that means you care like i always have interpreted as we care about these kids so, from your your standpoint, how does how does that work for you? What's your approach to you know how the whole NIL situation is here now and starting your agency?
4: Um, it's great. It's great for the players for sure. Um, it's just knowing the rules first and foremost <laughs> because like there's a lot of fine lines and holes that you know you didn't have to worry about before, but now that you're getting the NIL access as an agency, now you're teetering the line of, okay, um, can I talk to them, can I not talk to them, on what level can I talk to them, you know, it, it's a lot of that that goes into it, but other than that, um, this is about providing opportunities for these kids, man, like, there's a lot of opportunities for guys to, you know, use their likeness, and even other players to help their teammates use their likeness, and help them, I just seen the kid Caleb Williams from USC had a deal, he gave all his teammates headphones you know that's something you know that I wasn't really that's something you do see in the league a lot right but when I see it on tv I was like oh that's dope like he really has the opportunity to affect his teammates and affect you know more than himself and that's what it is is providing these kids at a younger age to not only help themselves but help their friends help their families and, and it's beautiful but you just gotta like you said coming in as a A mentor as somebody um, they're looking to to help them maneuver, you know, these assets and what they're getting. You know, that's the trust levels and that's where you come in and we come in to make sure, you know, they're moving precisely in the right way. They're not blowing their money. You know, they're getting this cash or getting these items and they're doing the right things with them.
3: You got an evil eye on your hand. Um, Oh, it's a
4: Hamza. Um, Yeah, yeah. The the Hipsa. It's the evil eye. It's the evil. Do you think it's the third eye? The protector. Yeah,
3: it's the third. As you see, the yeah. or is it the eye on yeah, there? It's, th- it's in there. Yep. Right. Yeah. Talk. Talk to me about it. What? What? Give me the. Well, meaning like you of said, it. it's my protector.
4: Yeah. Uh The Hamza, I, I wear it every day, and uh, it represents the hand of God, and I keep it around my neck and you know, over my heart just to. You know, make sure he's there. I'm not tied to any direct religion uh, into into it, like, you know, the Jewish. Love is the religion. Exactly. That's what I'm about. Love, protection, and and blessings. So, um, faith. That's where I
1: rock it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development.
3: Okay. Now I got a couple more questions and I'm gonna let you go. And I appreciate you coming on, giving us some time. Do you have a legendary defining moment? It's conversations with a legend. Do you have a legendary defining moment? Doesn't have to even be within the game of of, you know, what we played. It could be anything. It could it could be I I I recall coloring a a drawing a a home for my mom at eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to my mom and I said, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. But I'm gonna value this one day. I'm gonna value this house. That was a moment for me. And I started searching. It forced me at eight years old, I started thinking about what would I be able to do? What could I do where I'd be able to provide this gift of of appreciation to my mom and that was a moment for me. Do you have a a legendary moment that kind of shaped and defined your path and and going through life the way that you have and getting to where you've gotten accomplishing what you've accomplished?
4: Oh, that's deep.
3: Yeah, same um, anything some it's probably more than one, but what yeah. you know, there well, me- was one
4: jump out at you. One that jumps out at me uh, immediately because it was the biggest hardship I had had it um pretty much in life up to that point um when i my senior year I busted my knee up um third game of the year, and you know I was my first year started my senior year i was having I was having a phenomenal season I had like three picks and three games you know I'm banking on scholarship this year <laughs> Go knee to knee with a guy fourth game of the season and uh, early in the game and fracture my patella. You know, so at that time laying on the turf, you know, I didn't know what happened. I just knew I couldn't move my leg. Um, so I went to the hospital, you know, got surgery, recovered from that. And not, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a divine moment because, you know, I can't say that I honestly thought I wasn't gonna play again at that point, but it was more that people thought that it was over for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he ain't gonna um, get to college. Like, it's pretty much over. Like, so and I remember my dad telling people what we were gonna do. Like, oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna walk in that organ. We're gonna earn a scholarship. <laughs> we're gonna do this. And I just remember, like, not like wanting to let him down like, by telling people that. So that changed. I'm like, yo, he said it's gonna happen. That's what I'm going to do. And then it just helped motivate me. Even when I got to college, had a couple more injuries while I was starting. And then that just drive from me hurting my knee just drove me all the way through college, even with my injuries. And then when I got to the league, um, I I didn't have no injuries. I, I like, I broke my thumb. You know, I broke my foot, was out eight games. But other than that, I just remember people saying like, Mr. Ward crazy, like, you know, like that's never going to happen or just people doubting the whole plan. And then when I made it, it was like, damn, you was the last one thought we was going to make it out of all the guys. Like I had five dudes that was top players in the country. I graduated. My four best friends were like number one receiver in the country, number one cornerback on the West Coast. Top running back in the country, like you know, top fifteen, top fifty players in the country, and it was me. So you know, having them, their success absolutely drove me. But just the, the the opportunity to show everybody where I'm from, like y'all got me mixed up, y'all got our family mixed up, like y'all not us, and it's a reason y'all not us. So that was probably one of the biggest uh, defining moments for me, for sure. I could dig.
3: All right, here's my last question for you. When it's all said and done, and your work here is finished, and somebody's standing over top of you, and they're delivering what it is that your life represented, what is T.J. Ward's legacy? What do you want people to remember you by? Or four? Um,
4: oh, I think. This is a good one, man. Cause... I think providing. Providing. Uh, okay. Providing. Like, whether it's love, opportunity, you know, help. You know, I just want to, whatever I could do for somebody, you know, I, I tried to do. It. I provided that, whatever I could.
3: Man, and that's that's like short to the point. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind—I mean—but that's kind of that's the person you are. It's it's to the point.
4: Yeah, like, no, man, no, I'm definitely like, to the point. I'm straight right. at it. Like straight even to people that meet me in person, like, because like you said, I'm I'm reserved, stand backish, and some people may take that as mean or whatever. But or arrogant. I'm they always, chilling because of the way yeah. we play. They think we arrogant. You know, or I mean? the look. You know, you got—I got that mean look. I might just be like, dude. I thought you was me. You cool as hell. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm cool as hell. <laughs> right. You
3: just had to take a you moment to time come, to be. Yeah. Don't yeah, say yeah. what's up. But, right. A provider. I like it, man. I like it. All right. So we got the Warp Boy the the Warp
4: Boy project. Boy
3: project. All right. Let me make sure I get it right. The Warp Boy project. We got the agency, which is
4: Player Above Sports. Play, oh, there shot. it is. Yep, there's the is.
3: logo. Player above sport. I love it. Uh, man, I wish you all the luck, man, and and continued success. I have been a fan of your game. I followed your game. Like I said, anybody that that is part of that mammal gang, I I I, I had a different different level of respect and and admiration for. You played the game the way that you know I I call us the last of the Mohicans. Yes, you know, sir. Because it, it doesn't exist like that too much anymore. But that's a dying
4: breed, for sure.
3: It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Um, continue to support you. I'll make sure that we we circle up and get some uh, get some updates on your prospects and your guys that you're representing. Uh, always want to use this as a platform for people to understand that we have voices, we have uh, things that we accomplish, and we do in our lives and it isn't just playing football, you know, there's, there's other, there's more to it than just playing the game itself. So couldn't be prouder that, that you're representing athletes and giving them guidance because that's ultimately what, you know, what guys need, you know, it's always that if I, if I had somebody like you when I was coming through, things might've been a little bit
4: different for me, you know what I mean? And I, and you know what? And I asked myself. I said that to myself. Like if I had somebody like you, and that's exactly why I'm doing it, because I wish I had somebody like myself. <laughs> so yeah, there it, there it is.
3: There it is. That's TJ Ward, y'all. <laughs> I mean, make sure you check out his 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 nonprofit. Get involved. If you can't get involved financially, pass it on to a friend. Make sure you support, give it back to the community. That's always important and that's a necessary. Uh, thing to do and check out his agency, check out his players, uh, man, excited to see it. So it's been another edition of Up all Game presents conversations with a legend. Again, appreciate having T.J. Ward, Super Bowl All Pro T.J. Ward on the sure. show. Appreciate. Till next time, y'all.